Craft Beer Radio, episode 210 on April 6, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are yeast cloudy with yeast. That's our beer. Yeah, we're doing a bunch of heavy vitamins tonight. Which one would you like to do first? Oh, God, I don't know. Let's get Uh, into this. uh, Or four. Number four. We're doing the closest to home, Whip It Wheat, German-style Hefeweizen from Thirsty Dog Brewing. Okay, so the information about this beer is this unfiltered German Weizen. It's a clo- uh, um, an excellent example of the style they say on their site. Well, that's good. Good to know. 5.2% alcohol by volume, 10 IBUs. 12 Play-Doh is the OG. We should look up the style guide for the Hefeweizen because all these are Hefes. We can. I uh, Hopefully I am pretty accurate with what I think I know in my head on these. Well, these are obviously yeast beers with um, Hefeweizen means... Yeah, so typically for these you will pour half the beer, swirl up the bottle to get all the yeast in suspension and pour it in. Uh, I did that on this one. I think what we might do for the rest of them, because we've done this in the past, is we taste the beer without much yeast, mm-hmm. and then we add the yeast. Because there's two things you'll get when you do Hefeweizens that way. Some of them will get more muddy, and, and they won't taste as bright. But other ones will taste bland at the beginning and get more rich in flavor with right. the yeast. So they could go... Some are, I mean, from experience, you know, some taste better without as much yeast, and some taste better with all the yeast in there. So I tend to like most half as cloudy. Now, wit beers can be, it's anyone's game, really. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Hefes tend to be more, you know, the yeast is, is, is expressing itself a lot in the beer. And so you want that extra Generally, yeast there. But sometimes they do get sometimes, muddy and bland. Yeah, so. that, is, that is true. So uh, all these beers are going to be cloudy. This is uh, really kind of a golden, a dark golden color. Uh, you know, more closer to almost cooked straw. Yeah, it's a it's a strange color because it's it's almost like a darker mass in the center too, right? Because yeah. it's like lighter on top and the bottom in the middle. It's like a darker brown. We're drinking these out of um, wheat beer glasses. Uh, these are a Cent 54 Colorado uh, Dunkelweiss Ale glass. But uh, I sent, Cent 54 was, um, was that uh, Budweiser? Yeah, it was one of the Michelob. Yeah. Or not Michelob. Um, remember when they, like Shock Top. It was, right, yeah. It was it's, a not, pure, it's not part of Michelob, but it's... It was a peer to Shock Top. It was a, it was a limited release. Actually, actually, you know what? This beer did become Michelob Dunkelweiss. Oh, there you or, go. Or, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was... Very good. Damn good beer, especially for the price. For, yeah, for 28 bucks a case, it was best best $28 case of beer I've had. But that's not the beer we're drinking. We're drinking the um, Whip It Wheat from Thirsty Dog. I didn't even smell first. It has a, as expected, weedy kind of um, taste. I'm wondering if I'm getting a little bit of, I wonder if I didn't rinse out this glass. Get a little shelf smell? No, I'm getting apple in the the flavor. Oh, you mean from the pre-show? Yeah. Um, Yeah, we had a a sour homebrew. Soured, soury homebrew in the the glass. I'm not sure. I didn't taste it yet. On the smell, I'm getting just a touch of lemon, but yeah, it's mostly uh, weedy, you know, very grass-type aroma. And a little bit of a little bit of carbonic. We're so used to smelling that now. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know it's sort of become. Mm-hmm. I think our noses are very very used to it. A little citrusy in the flavor there. It's um, lemony. So yeah, that's another thing. So hefeweizens can really go two different ways when you taste them. They either taste um, estery or phenolic. So they're yeah. going to be fruity, which will be bananas or lemon or something, or they're going to be clovey or peppery. And this one, you know, the needle goes over to the fruity side. I think so. When you taste it. There's another way they can go. And that's a kind of bubblegum flavor. Yeah, that's estuary too, but yeah. Yeah, it but it's, be it's not quite fruit. fruity. Yeah. So it's more sugary and, mm-hmm. and has some, some interesting kind of sweetness flavors there. But 
I don't know what they use to flavor bubblegum. Because what the standard bubblegum flavor is, there's, I don't think there's anything... You mean like bazooka? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Some chemical, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> it isn't just rubber. Hmm. There's a little phenolics, a little bit of pepperiness in there to balance, but yes. it's still... And it's definitely more lemony than it is um, banana or anything like that. But the the wheat's, you know, a nice balance. It's not too citric or tart or anything. It's decent. It, it's not as uh, inviting as, you know, I expect my Hefebites in to be, though. I think it's... It, it may be a little... It, it may be a little muddy. And that may have been, mm-hmm. you know, the problem, like you said, with... Uh, Going full east right. at at the start, and right. so we're not going to do that for the next bunch. We're going to taste it before we add the rest of the yeah. yeast. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to read up. But I finished it rather quickly. I have to say, I I, say, I, I do, I do like, say there's delightful clove, vanilla, banana aromas in here. I didn't pick out vanilla, um, nor did I pick out. Banana, really, just more lemony, and I can I can see clove. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not no. so much banana. Banana, vanilla. I mean, one of the interesting things about vanilla is you can kind of taste them anywhere. So yeah. <laughs> you can look hard if, enough. If anything, like I took the last step trying to find banana. I'm like, damn it, I'm going to find banana. And the closest thing I got was more of the the texture of mushy banana, like the mouthfeel of the beer, like the, with all the yeast and sediment in there. It's kind of like, I don't think that's what they meant. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that's what I meant, but that's kind of where I got it. So maybe there's a slight banana flavor in there, but it's mostly citric. So why are we doing wheat beers, you ask? Well, spring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think wheat beers... You know, it's definitely not stout time. Yeah. The spring coming out. It's not really barley wine time. That's the one thing Jeff really has a lot of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we could have done my box, but they're a little hard to get a nice show's worth. So. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do more American. Let's All do right. Shell's Hefeweizen. Okay. So this is from Shell's Brewing Company there in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Established 1860. Obviously, they have not been. They were closed for prohibition or something. I mean, it's not the oldest because Yingling is the oldest. It's at four point four percent alcohol by volume. It is available July through August. That's interesting. That means it's supposed to be an old one. <laughs> well, we just poured a little bit. It's fairly clear right now. Yeah, looks like a wit beer. Really, it's just slightly cloudy, very golden. The smell a little skunky, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, like you said, like like I said, it was old, but uh, maybe that'll air out. I I have to admit, second oldest family brewery in the United States is right on their label. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned Yingling. Well, yeah. Shell's the second one, <laughs> number two. I I have to admit, I I wasn't expecting much when I saw the bottle. I don't know Shell's really. Um, I don't know much of their stuff, but something about it reeked of kind of old Millerish. The, the, the way the label is done, the way yeah. the um, oh, taste. Take a sip of that. There's a lot of flavor there, and it doesn't taste bad. There's there's some vanilla, and there's um, a little citric, but a lot of vanilla. Lots banana, of vanilla. good banana too. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty good. That was <laughs> that. That was surprising. After all that insulting, you, so you taste my, that. My second sip, I, I you know I, I like breathing in air while I'm sipping. Right, it, it was unfortunate because I breathed in a whole bunch of skunk and then tasted the vanilla. You know, so it was kind of like ah, good, bad, good. You know, so I'm gonna swirl up the bottle here. We're gonna add some more in here. See if it gets better or if it gets m- muted. This beer has won awards. It won silver medal in the 1993 Great American Beer Festival for German wheat beer, and a gold medal in the 1988 German or Great American Beer Festival for wheat beer. So, older mm-hmm. awards back when there wasn't as much competition. Yeah, you know, I think I need to put shells on my my brewery to re-examine. I've had them years ago. 
and maybe before my palate was ready for all the styles of beer. Uh-huh. And I had a couple. I remember the winter lager and a couple, and really it was kind of like, eh, yeah. But um, I think they're they're due for a reexamination. I need to get. Them. Let me see that bottle because I want to kind of give the reason why it didn't. Why it, it gave kind of a nineties. Well, it looks almost like an American non-craft premium, beer. I mean, American premium lager type. Label. Yeah, right. It reminds you of something like um, it's an old style high life. life. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It has you know, it, it's got the slanted. It's scroll. on a bias. The, the you know, the term is you know, it, it's a slightly you know, it's a cursive word in the name, but then just yeah. I think if you say Miller High Life, that's yeah, that's kind of what's reminiscent of. The label again is it, it, it's that bias that really hurts it. I think if it wasn't on the bias, it wouldn't it wouldn't have that same connotation. It's just a connotation of you know, and, and this deer head Ooh. doesn't ha- help. I like it with the yeast too. It gets more banana y. Very very lovely banana on that one. I like that. Mm. Good, huh? Yeah, nice and creamy too. Mm-hmm. The yeast, yeah. the yeast does what it's supposed to. It adds a whole lot of. Um, uh, creaminess without without it getting muddy, which the other one, which the thirsty dog, unfortunately had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this just ju- does just the right thing with this. Yeah, juice. you're right, right. I mean, it definitely does not taste muddy where the last one tasted a little muddy. I used to be a big fan of the clove type hefes, and I didn't like the banana ones as much. But I can learn to like this one. This one's good. This has a uh, a very fresh banana. Flavor to it, um, yeah. and you know, or harder. You know, maybe not. Yeah, it's it's really fresh. It's not over ripe, and it's not under ripe either. It's really hitting the the right note in that banana, and then the clove. It's a nice undercurrent. And yeah, you know, we mentioned it first off, but again, I want to say, you know, vanilla is a very big component of this flavor too. I mean, maybe even bigger than the banana. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's, I think vanilla is is kind of is a flavor that tends to come out of so many things. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, wood makes vanilla flavors. Uh, peppers have vanilla flavors in right. them. Okay, vanilla is just it's so ubiquitous. I would suspect the uh, the price on this one to be pretty pretty reasonable. It was pretty low, as I remember. It was in the two fifty range. Of, or less. Yeah, that's a yeah, exactly. You know, so you might be able to get like a you know, thirty dollar case of Hefeweizen. Now I would suggest you buy this during the July August run. Because <laughs> there is that off aroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and that is the only thing that I can say about this beer that's bad. Yeah, and and really didn't carry this through to the flavor. No. Hardly at all. So yeah, it's quite enjoyable to drink. I think it's just a little old. I think that that's the only problem with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hefes are not a style that you really want to cellar or have in front of UV lights in a bottle shop for <laughs> right. a year. <laughs> they they tend to not be as uh, as as good. But if they're still, fl- I mean, I wonder what this tastes like fresh. It's probably pretty good. Probably. Oh, right. Go. Yeah, we're live. Go, go, go. It doesn't. It's not moving. How do I know it's live? It's live. Trust me. All right. These Sorry weird things. That. Daddy, uh, daddy, I talked daddy. too much to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff had to pee. <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> had to go party. So this is the last the American beers that we're doing right now. This is. Uh, where is it on my list? This is the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen hit. Widmer Brothers is in Portland. Portland, Maine or Portland, Oregon? Portland, Oregon. But it may be brewed in other places as well. No, I guess I guess it's just brewed in Oregon. I thought they have the distribution. I thought for some reason that, that's Red Hook that has the, the two breweries. Ah. That's what confused me. So this is a year-round availability, 30 IBUs, 4.9% alcohol by volume. This Most is of their, these... This is a flagship, actually. Wait, don't so. pour the whole thing. No, I wasn't, was it? You're right. You're... Uh, most of these beers are going to be surprising, are going to be in the Session Blair area. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably all of them. 4.5 to 5%. 
So we actually have malts here, besides original gravity, 11.75 for those of you who care, which is not a lot of you, I know. But malt with pale Munich wheat and caramel 40L. So you notice there that there's a whole lot of barley in a wheat beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, what's the percentage-wise? I mean, 50% wheat's typically normal. Um, some home brewers will do a crazy 100% wheat, but you have huge problems with the sparge. You know, not getting stuck. So you have to put it Sparge, you go on. Explain. Um, so when you're mashing the beer, you have all the, the grains in a, You're making a porridge, basically, and you want to rinse the sugars out. Um, when you do barley, they have the husks, and that makes for a nice... It lets water run through it. It doesn't get stuck. But if you do all wheat, it's more like oatmeal. It gets all gelatinous and goopy, and it doesn't drain. So you get a stuck sparge. So up to 50%, the hulls from the barley help with getting drainage. But if you do like, if you do all wheat, there's no wheat hulls. So it just gets porridgey. It's It's kind of like an emulsion. I don't know if I'd go to emulsion. I mean, just so so. What what or or what home brewers will do is, and what professional brewers will do with beers with high percentages of wheat is, will add rice hulls. It doesn't add any flavor to the beer; it just gives this drainage characteristic to it. And right. I have a you know a big bag of rice hulls. Uh, Northern Brewer screwed up on one of my orders. I ordered like you know just a little bit of rice hulls. I can't remember if it was a pound or whatever. They sent me like five pounds of rice hulls and not what I wanted. I I ordered a little bit of rice hulls and a lot of oats, uh-huh. and they sent me a lot of rice hulls and no oats. <laughs> <laughs> so they sent me the oats and I got all these rice hulls leftovers. So yeah, anytime I brew with wheat, I just throw in a couple handfuls of rice hulls into the mash and I see. So yeah, it, it prevents it from basically becoming this uh, a goop by getting in between. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so you could do, and I've heard like Basic Brewing Radio did 100% wheat, you know, beer a couple years ago, and they just had a, had a bunch of rice hulls to make sure they could mash out the beer. If you were buying a wheat syrup, there'd be no reason you couldn't you know, like for part an extract brew. You could buy all wheat extract syrup and not need any barley extract syrup. And make 100% wheat beer that way pretty easily because you don't have to do the sparge. I see. The smell on this beer, take a whiff. It, it, it's different from all the beers so far. I mean, to me, it's hoppy. It, it smells more like an American wheat than Well, I can I tell you what the hops are. Willamette Cascade, and this is a hop I don't think I've heard of. Alchemy? Yeah. I mean, you would. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Because, I mean, Widmer has been making their Hefeweizen for a long, long time. Long, long time. Longer than I've been in the craft beer. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect them to change the recipe, you know, very often. And you would expect all the hops they started brewing with, you know, 20 years ago would be ones you've heard of. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the alchemy hop, is, what the deal with that is. Now, another interesting thing I should note is that... On their website, the glass is very cloudy. We have not poured this cloudy. Um, it is, it's a little cloudy, but not much. And they also say, pour yourself a cool, cloudy glass. Mm-hmm. So they definitely want you to do it. But we're still going to try it without. Right. Yeah, but the aroma on this one, it, it reminds me more of like something, you know, American wheat, like maybe Oberon or something. But even more so, I mean, it's, it smells hoppy, doesn't it? It does have a have a pretty hoppy character to it. There's almost like a little grapefruit in there. Just a touch. Maybe not grapefruit. Maybe the aroma's grapefruit, but the flavor's more... It's a lot of wheat. There's some hot bitterness in there. It's, it's I, very different. Yeah, I, my eyes are wide. I'm like, what, <laughs> what the heck is it? That's, I like it. Yeah, no. I'm not it's, saying it's, I don't like not, it, but it's very different. It's not different. bad. It's just like, I'm trying to... Pick, it, it, there, there's a, almost a, a, a kiwi kind of flavor mm-hmm. going on there. I, um, a... Or, or a, a little bit of a sour grape. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little vinous, uh, vinous grape thing going on. Yeah. And and the end, almost minty. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And, you know, but it doesn't taste like a Bavarian Hefeweizen no. at all. <laughs> at all. So let's roll up some of the sediment, the yeastiness, yeasty deliciousness. And we so they say this is the beer that started off, so I guess this is their first. Yeah, this is their flagship. This is their their biggest beer. And uh... so here we get it, nice and cloddy. 
uh, this is more of a uh, more of the straw color that we expected. The thirsty dog had that weird kind of like darkness in the center. This one doesn't so much. Is that another uh, Marylandism? Cloddy? Cloddy? Probably. I never heard you, because, you know, like, you know, my first met you, it was water, and I yeah. thought that was very interesting. And instead of cloudy, or, you know, Pittsburgh, I guess, would be more cloudy. <laughs> you know, it was more like Claude, or Claude. I'm not sure how you said it now. But I don't know either, because now, so, now, now I'm self-conscious about yeah. it. Now, now I'll be very specific to say cloudy. Yes. <laughs> I was just curious if you, if you ever, well, yeah, I guess the I mean, Cloudy, I guess. Cloudy. Cloudy. Which probably yeah the way I said it so yeah. um, you know native speakers probably don't notice their their of course little, not you don't yeah. notice your accent when you're yeah. surrounded by people who have that accent yeah it's well just, I don't know how, how boss people can't notice because <laughs> the reason why because everyone on every media thing it, it, is not like that it's funny I mentioned it because if you if you take a Pittsburgh accent you know I was born and bred here right you know like. On the one rate morning, you know the morning, you know show, right? They're talking about, the, you know, there's one parody they used to do about the wet, local weatherman, longtime weatherman Joe Denardo, right? And it was always partly cloudy, chance of rain, you know, and it was very similar to what you said. Yeah. So I'm surprised I even noticed it because I probably say cloudy. <laughs> I'm surprised you noticed it too, but I'm I'm cool with it. We all have these weird eccentricities. If my only eccentricity, and I know it's not, but if my only eccentricity was I said cloudy, <laughs> cloudy, I'd be very pleased. <laughs> It's a little more phenolic now that all the the cloudiness is in there. Right, a little peppery. Um, mm-hmm. The still a lot of hops. Yes, yes, strongly, strongly hopped in in, in a interesting way, and it's a good way. It's good. More, more of that. I I I wonder if they've reformulated. I mean, like we said, alchemy, hoppy hefe. I don't. Remember, I mean, I I would that think that balls if they're going to take their flagship. Yeah. You know the flagship that appeals to not you know a very wide stream of not very deep beer geeks you know and um, and and make it a little more it has a, and aggressive. B- there's a bitter aftertaste here. This mm-hmm. is this is not something I am used to getting. There are thirty IBUs on this. The last one was ten. Oh, I know what the problem is. We don't have a lemon on the rim of the glass. Ah. Uh. Their label has uh, a Weizen glass with a as does their website. Oh, that's the problem. That's why it's so good. Um, that that certainly does. You know, adding a fruit to a beer will magnify some flavors and suppress some others. It would definitely suppress bitterness. It would suppress any skunkiness that was in the beer. There's none here, so that's not a problem. But the the flavors of Scott Grammar are based off of the flavors of hops. I mean, they're slightly different uh, isomers of hop compounds. So they're not that different. And lemon would sort of cover up some of those flavors. We had this discussion a long time ago. We should mention it again. So fruit or no fruit, you know, what is the proper thing? Right. Do you... Do you want to be a purist? You know, like a beer geek should, maybe should be, and drink it without the fruit? Or is the brewer's intention part of it? Obviously, Widmer intends you, at least the marketing department, who, right. who does the label in the website, wants you to drink it with a lemon. Well, I, I have I've changed my opinion on, on one side, but on another side, I I may have changed my opinion too. On the side of fruit or not fruit, I say go with what you like. I mm-hmm. would when I started the show, I was strongly anti fruit. No, this is the beer as it is intended by the well, brewer. But but was it as intended by the brewer? That's the question. But yeah. the that that was my opinion. That you know you taste beer as it is. That's how you take it. But if you like it with a fruit at this now that I've had more experience with stuff. Mm-hmm. I say go for it. I've I have introduced things to beers. I've added hops, you know, fresh hops to beers. Mm-hmm. I have uh, introduced various liquids, um, mostly mostly citrus that I can remember to beers, right. um, and have found them to be mostly uh, very enjoyable and, mm-hmm. and a nice accent. And uh, I I think it's nice to taste it before 
Sure. I mean, there's beer cocktails, right? Because yeah. like, I've made I've made mimosas with Pilsner. Uh-huh. I've done a Pilsner orange juice mimosa. Very good stuff. I've um, shandies, lemon juice, and in, in, you know, in a beer and like a lager or something is very good. And you know, when I was way into the whole you know craft beer thing, I, I was against even cooking with beer because I thought you know no, the beer should be drunk. But now I'm okay with it. You know, right. if you want to get those flavors, like try it. I at, still get mad though. Like I was at I was at Mad Mex a couple weeks ago and I ordered a Who Garden. It came with a lemon on the glass. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> like you're tainted my beer, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I wish they would ask you. That I do wish they'd ask you, and I do think I mean, because, like, for me, Who Garden, I want without the lemon. Yeah, Who Garden is 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 great. I mean, it really is a very good beer. Um, despite the fact that you see see it everywhere and see marketing everywhere, it's it's fantastic, it really is, and it's great without the lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, but brewery's intent. Another thing that I probably would have been gung ho for in the beginning, but now do what you like. You're saying, yes, I, I, the, the beer is a product that they make. Once it's in your hands, it's in your hands. You can do with it what you want. Yeah, the only problem I have a problem is people that are being introduced to beers they don't know or have the time or you know the the experience to to try it with and without right and they're handed a blue moon with an orange a blue moon with an orange a blue moon with an orange or a who garden with a lemon or widmer with a lemon and um they never have the opportunity to try it the other way and no they have had the opportunity they could say don't give me a lemon or they could take their lemon out it's, they have the opportunity. But it's already in there, first off. <laughs> it's already touched it. It's tainted. Um, now I hear what you're saying. And, and may, yeah. I, I, I'm, the reason I'm stuttering right now is I'm torn on, okay, so they have never thought that they could have their beer without a lemon. Well, if they've never thought about it, you know, part of me says maybe they don't need to think about it. And then part of me says look, they shouldn't be forced to have the lemon every single Look, time. Look, brewing is an art, right? Sure. Other art has the same problem. Mm-hmm. And I think the same, frankly, to me, the same solution. Um, a painting. A, paint, a, a painter may have intended it to be viewed in one way. People may interpret something else out of it. A book, uh, a television show, a movie, you make something completely different out of it than what was intended by the artist. That's doesn't the artist doesn't have the right to tell you that you have to conform to their... Well, I think it'd be more like, say, the artist only paints at sunset with lots of very long orange light, right? And then it's shown in a gallery with lots of bright white light. You know, that would very that would change the, the dimension of... But of if the that's color. the way you like the painting... But but the people at the museum don't get to choose. They don't like get the. They don't have a dial to change the lighting on the picture. You know. Well, no. Well, they do have a dial. You can put it in a, in a gallery that has specific lighting if you wanted to. But that's the server or the curator telling you how to view the picture. And and that's fine for somebody. If you are if you're at a brew fest or something and you're pouring your beer, you can tell the people who are drinking it. This is how I'd like you to drink it. They can drink it however they want. But you can pour it how you want it to be drank. Sure. sure. So you can tell the, the gallery that's showing your painting how you want it to be shown. But like you the person who buys the print, right. they can do what they want with it. The person who – you can tell the person reading your book on the audiobook how you want this particular character to sound. The person who's reading it will figure out the character in their head. Well, I must – let's get back to this Widmer Hefeweizen. I – Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to wager a guess on how many Widmer Hefeweizens I've had in my life. Probably seven or eight. Haven't had it a ton. Do you remember it being this hoppy? No, I don't remember it being anywhere near this good. (laughs) (laughs) We've had um, two surprising to us, surprisingly good Hefes in a row. Mm -hmm. But completely different, right? Very different. this really is not a Hefeweizen, judging-wise? If I had to judge a Hefeweizen, you know... I would, it, I would if, say that one was an American Wheat. If this was a homebrew, entered in the Hefeweizen category, 
I would have to penalize it because it didn't have the right characteristics. Yeah, it didn't have the banana, it didn't have the clove. Didn't have, I, but I would have to say in the, at the end of the review, it would be like, this was a very good beer. Perhaps you should have entered it in American wheat beer. Yeah. But off of American stuff, now we go out of the country. Into Germany. Deutsch. Which one do you want to go with first? Hecker Schuller. Okay. So this is the uh, one that, unfortunately, Hacker Shore, for some reason, they're a big brewery. They don't have an English website. What's up with that? The other two do. The importer might have something. Maybe that's where you want to go. I, I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. I didn't do much with my Google food this time. So Anyway, uh, so I have just the information that's available on Beer Advocate, which is a 5.5% alcohol by volume. and um, It's imported by Polliner HP USA. So Polliner imports Hacker Shore. I think we, we think we talked about that before on some other website, some other website, some other show that we've done that Daddy has done. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your dad? <laughs> daddy number one and Daddy number two. If you're curious, the Beer Advocate score for this is a ninety, but the Beer Advocate brothers who we are acquaintances with, I guess is the best way you can say it, are 95, they give it. it smells good. This is pre it smells hef. more. smells a little more caramelly and roast, or not roast. And it's darker. Look it at smells it. more caramelly than the other ones. Like, like maybe there's a little bit of, of, of Vienna or Munich malt in there. It smells... It's engaging. It smells wonderful. Look at the darkness in that, too. There, there's a... It, it's, it's a real... Mm-hmm. It's uh, gold. Dark gold, yeah. Gold, yeah. Color in here. Oh, it smells so good. This is air freshener you know, status right here. This is uh, almost quintessential sort of smell, right? Yeah, yeah, a little banana, a little clovey. A little wheat, a little grassy. Yeah, yeah. It smells so good. This is this is without very much agitation on the bottle, so it's fairly clear. I can see Greg's face through the glass. I mean... Well, did I know it's Greg if I didn't have a Greg? I don't know. Freckle? Just barely. Yeah, it's not fingerprints, but Greg can see his freckles, so. That's good. But it tastes... It doesn't taste very weedy compared to the other ones, right? No, it tastes it's, more it's, barley it has a has a deeper roast in the barley, I think, and, yeah. and that gives it a darker color, and it gives it a little bit more sweeter characteristic. Mm-hmm. But it sure tastes good. But those bananas, so it, it it's kind of it's kind of crossing into sort of Dunkelweiss territory with a little yeah, bit of yeah, sweetness because it's, it's sweetness, it's darker. Yeah, I mean, if if we had the percentage weed, it'd be fascinating to know. But I don't think you'd probably get that off of no, not off of yeah, not off a German web beer beer website either. So, okay, second sip. This is the first one I got where I'm getting some bubblegum. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Got a little chalky on the second sip, too. The, the, the sweetness kind of dried out a little bit. Yeah, let's, add, let's add some All yeastiness right. to this. Let's give it... Uh, got a lot more cloudy right Let's go there. full Monty on it. So we have added the cloudiness. It has gotten darker than even before, even and so it's it's almost it, it's approaching tan. It's kind of the color of my car. Greg <laughs> <laughs> Mobile, very cloudy now. Yeah, you can't even you can see the shadow of my finger through the very narrow part of this Weizen glass, but that's oh, about it. Oh, that's good. That's good. That hits the oh, spot. It makes it so much more creamy. That chalkiness I mentioned <laughs> yeah. is gone. The um, oh yeah, it, it, it's mellow. It's it's a little more fruity. The pepperiness or the cloviness really isn't too too striking. That's good. Yeah, with midhef, definitely midhef. There's a lot going on here. There's a little bit of lemony on the outside. It's this big fruity bubblegummy flavor. Uh, in front with a, with a lot of clove, a little bit of pepper. There's a, a, a just a, a slight tanginess to it. The creaminess that the, that the yeast gives is is 
is you know what is pretty profound compared to what it was before like you said <laughs> almost like chalky and now yeah. it's so creamy and nice um yeah definitely much improved yeah this is <laughs> you know hacker short has been making this beer for a while they know what they're doing mm-hmm. mm. i gotta agree with the alstrom brothers here this 95? is a world-class beer. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's delicious. It's scrumptious. It's luscious. It's and hopefully you can get it almost anywhere. Yeah, it should be widely available. I mean, I, I think unless you're in a state that really sucks, <laughs> you should be able to get. Uh, yeah, and sure. you know, hopefully, like you know, some of our international listeners, like Greg in, in New Zealand, probably should, would be able to get that one. You found a web page that uh, pronounced. Hacker Shore for us, right? Yes, it was a YouTube video, actually. YouTube video. Do you want me to have it pronounced for us? I tried to pipe it in. Your mic could probably pick it up. Let's see here. Uh, Hacker Shore videos. It wasn't too surprising. It's pretty much No, it was pretty much uh, exactly how you wanted to say it. Here we go. So you pronounce the P a bit, Hakarp Shore. And there's a little bit of a roll at the end of the mm-hmm. R's. Hakarp Shore. And, and she said it like two or three different yeah. ways, like maybe different parts of Germany as well. Yeah. Like the uh, Hacker changed a little bit. Like last time it was um, more Hacker or something, yeah. or something like that. Well, we haven't been pronouncing the P at all, but the P, it seems like it does get pronounced. Mm-hmm. The, he, the P is not silent. Hacker Shore. So there you go. That's the, I think we're fine, though, in our Americanization of the pronunciation. I think it's okay. It's not... I mean, we say Hogarden now. Is it a Hogarden? Because it's so... You know, but everyone else says Hogarden. Right. However, when I ordered a Hogarden, you know, I didn't get any weird looks. <laughs> so the uh, waitress knew enough at Mad Max that... At least she understood what I was saying. Yeah. Customer's always right, right? I wonder why, you know, I wonder how many people, when they hear that, think, that guy pronounces it weird. <laughs> Who got him? All right. Edinga or Einga? Einga first. Let's see Oh, it comes in the sexy European bottle. 1.9 fluid ounces or a half a liter, if you will. Fiber one percent alcohol volume, uh, eleven point eight uh, degrees Plato. Uh, let's see. It's a. <laughs> Not much other information on on this site, but uh, at least there's something. They do have a, an English site, so you can. It's available on our on craftyradio.com. So pop the cap. The aroma of skunk wafted wafted up, and it pours pretty foamy. So I don't have much expectation of this beer being in good shape right now. <laughs> I bought three anchors today from <laughs> the same place. Mm. <laughs> I like this. The government warning, you know, according to Surgeon General, blah 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 blah. It ends. The Surgeon General warning ends, and it says contains wheat. <laughs> well, I think that that's because I, they they have to label if it contains something that could cause some sort of allergic reaction. Allergic reaction, I guess. I guess it, it's it's traditionally known that beer contains barley, so they don't have to label mm-hmm. that. Oh, I mean, I love how it contains wheat. Doesn't yeah. mention the barley, the yeast, right? The water. Well, it's it's like when you see something that that's, you know says that packaging you know may contain peanut or was processed in a place that produces peanuts. They don't tell you that oh, there's also raisins and 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 rat hair in here. You know, it's well, it's less than two percent rat yes. hair. So, so yeah, it does smell skunky. It has doesn't smell horrible. It's kind of aired out a little bit for me. It has a very clear. Again, we poured it without the yeast, color, so yeah. we want to taste it. We pour just a little bit to taste it without the yeast. 
we presume these German beers all want the yeast, so. Doesn't taste bad. No, I think, you know, the nice thing about the Hefeweiss is they benefit from the fact that... There's not much hops. Yes. Not much hops, it's harder to skunk them. Yeah. Yeah, so the flavor, I didn't really get any skunk. Big malty caramelness again. It's much like the last one, much like the Hacker Shore, where it's a lot more... Um, caramelly and bready than than the American versions, and a little clovey, little little phenols. Not not too much on the way of Westers. So now I'm going to um, actually I'm going to pour a little yeah, bit more because the bottle's a little too full to do the swirly swirly gig. This is the largest bottle we have. This is uh, about a bottle and a half of the other ones. Yep. So now I'm going to do the swirly gig. I'm going to do a little bit of rolling. Try to get all that sediment and, and yeastiness in suspension. And we're top off these glasses. We might actually get... These uh, Weizen glasses that we got are pretty big. They're probably like 20-ounce glasses. Yeah. So they haven't been very a full. A little bit more. Wait, don't... A little bit more. I think you got more yeast in, <laughs> in yours than mine, but that's okay. All right. So yeah, this well, this is this pulls yeah, this poured especially with you know we have the sis for this is this fills up both of our glasses. Yeah, that's the problem with these Weizen glasses. Just about all of them are this size, and if you're using bottled Hefeweizens, you never get a full glass. You have to have it on draft to get a full glass, or you have to use like a bottle and a half. That's that's just a pain. We need little. We need little Hefeweizen glasses that are twelve ounces. <laughs> well, I don't know because these these are thinner in the middle, mm-hmm. so they don't they don't. I think they are twelve ounces. I think they. No, these guys are like maybe they're these are pints, but they're typically pretty big glasses. Definitely got more fruity. The yeast doesn't have as much of an impact as the not as much, one. but it, it made it more creamy. A little more fruity, more I guess pear, right? Yeah, not so much banana, more pear than banana. Still detecting a little bit of skunkiness off the aroma. For me, at least, it's not it's not really killing the flavor though. Just in the no, it's just the aroma. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, because it just means it was handled poorly, mm-hmm. and that, that's the problem with skunkiness. Is that it's never a problem skunkiness. The other things, Band-Aids, Acetone, DMS, these are all problems at the brewery. Skunkiness is not a problem at the brewery, unless the brewery itself has left the thing out in the sun. Mm. Skunkiness is always light it's exposure. Always in, it's always in the supply chain and the shipping of the wholesaler. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well... Um, kind of middle of the road for me. I'm kind of not feeling this as much as as the last one. It, 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 I think it might suffer from following up some really good beers because it tastes fine. You know, it it it's creamy. It's it's pretty luscious. It's it's enjoyable. But what am I going to talk about? You know? Yeah. Not- if this, I mean, if this was the only beer I had of the night, I would probably enjoy it fine. But in you know, the other ones have had you know been either really different or kind of exploding with flavor. Mm-hmm. This one is, is, is much more it's level and, and not nearly as pronounced. Mm. It's interesting because if I had to, from my prejudice, say, Anger or Hacker Shore, which makes the better Hefeweizen, I'd be like, oh, easy, Anger, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I don't know if, if I would say that. I would be, but, you know, that's just, you know, it proves that my prejudices aren't right. <laughs> I mean, Anger makes Celebrator, and I think that kind of makes me think Anger is like a fantastic brewery through and through. There are breweries that, there are great breweries that make a bad beer, and there are bad breweries, bad breweries <laughs> that make a good beer, and there are decent breweries that make one or two really good beers and one or two really bad, but I, mm-hmm. there's just a whole spectrum, sure. I guess. Right. Um but you know, like we said, we said very early in the show, Michelob, which is not a brewery that we necessarily admire too much. Their Dunkelweiss is great. 
Uh, Still waiting for that royalty check, Anheuser Busch. Well, I can. They, they stopped that plan, so <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, that didn't work out too well. So I don't think you're getting the royalty uh, check on those, that Michelob idea. But uh, oh, you know, oh, oh, I forgot. I have in my car. I'll get it out uh, at the place of my beer. They had a Budweiser uh, American Ale glass, and. I was like, they still make that? They said, no, we're just giving them away. <laughs> I, got one, so. I, I have one. They sent us one, so now you have one yeah. and I have one. Okay, so then, so it's not that, you know. Actually, I might, I might have given mine away. I took all my, like, crappy beer glasses to work and handed them out to people like, <laughs> that I brought in a keg of homebrews. So I think I gave away the Bud American Ale glass then. Budweiser American Ale. Yeah, we don't have so the, they're not making Michelob stuff anymore. Like, I, as far I mean, they're, I, they're, they're definitely not advertising it as. No, I haven't seen it around, but I never thought that they killed it off. I, I haven't. Know. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen the Dunkelweiss anywhere. Um, yeah, nor other Michelob beers. You're right. They might have killed that stuff. That that Imbev deal is that's fascinating. So a little brief backstory: when we did the hop trip out to Anheuser Busch, I told the VP of Brewing Operations you should take the Michelob brand and turn that into your craft brand. And he told me, oh, I don't know. Everyone thinks Michelob is an old man's beer. They're never going to be able to turn that around. And I said, you're Anheuser-Busch. If anyone can change the image of a brand, you guys can with yeah. your marketing. And like, he's like, I don't know. And then like a year later, guess what? <laughs> did exactly what I said. Yeah. No, they've, uh, it's, not a, it's not a genius idea. They could have got it from many places. Yes. But it's like, hey, especially since Michelob had some of their, you know, it had some of their craft. All they had some, they had already. some medals under their belts. Yeah, you know, I'm like, turn that into your brand. Get rid of this. I, I basically told them to get rid of Shock Top and Winter's Bourbon Cascale and and yeah. and uh, Bare Knuckle Stout or whatever that was. And yeah, I wonder if they still make that stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you could probably find regular old Michelob Lager or something. Michelob but, Ultra, definitely. Yeah. And they have Ultra Dark. But yeah, I, don't, I have not seen the Pale Ale, the Meritson, the Dunkelweiss. And we certainly haven't gotten any, any invites back to any Budweiser trips not, since Not since Inbev took over, no. I don't even know if I know anyone who still works at the company. Florian left, and he was... And, and so did the, the East Mule, guy. I don't think Mule... Yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was awesome. I forget his name, though. I emailed him. I wanted to have him on the show. He never got back to me. I emailed him on LinkedIn. He never got back to me. What's his name? Um, anyway, you can go back Val, and listen Val, to him. Val. Val, Val, yeah. I forget his last name. It wasn't Kilmer. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he was, you know, he he explained to me, uh, he was a chemist, and he explained to me uh, Skunking, triplet right? bonding. Yeah. yeah. Um, Basically explained to me why ultraviolet light, you know, ultraviolet light is the stuff that, that causes skunking. And my question was, how does, you know, they, they say that, uh, in the stuff I was reading, that riboflavin was a, a part of how regular light, regular visible light was able to interact and cause the same thing. It has to do with, with what's called a triplet state. And he explained that to me, mm-hmm. and that was uh, and that was my you know like wow this guy knows this stuff. That was on a bus while yeah. drinking beer. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good times. They're with the Brewers Association now. <laughs> <laughs> They're our sugar daddies. Speaking of which, did you buy your Saber tickets yet? If not, why not? They haven't sold out? I don't know. Probably have. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, but still, the question ex- the question still stands. Why didn't you buy them? Or can you get them on StubHub? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. All right. So our final beer of the night is okay, the... Let's put this out, out there. If you're going to be in D.C. for, for Saver and you don't have a ticket for a session, send me an email, beercraftbeerradio.com. We might have some work for you. Excellent. Yes. You, you may have to do some work. You may have to do some running around. Um, but, yeah, we want, to, uh, we want to bring as many listeners in as we can. Erdinger Weissbrow. Uh, this is uh, 5 or 3% alcohol by volume, 12.6 degrees Play-Doh, 
uh, 2.6 grams per 100 milliliters is their carbohydrates. <laughs> 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 and um, uh, wow. Okay, so their calories are 44 calories per 100 milliliters. The kilojoules. <laughs> Nice, 185 for 100 years. I'm, I'm shocked they don't have electron volts. But <laughs> well, it's easy there to turn kilojoules into electron volts. I'm yes. Sure. Okay, so again, pouring it gently without stirring up the yeast, it pours pretty clearly. It looks like a wit beer again, where I can almost see my fingerprints through the narrow part of a vice beer glass. Pretty clear. Very clear. This is definitely, yeah, freckle. Yeah, freckle beer. Uh, golden straw. Hmm. Interesting aroma. It's kind of grapey, like vinous, like kosh type aroma. That's the first thing I got on the nose. Let me go back in and see what else I can get. I, I, I smell what you're getting at. I'm trying to dig deeper, but I just keep getting that. That's about all I'm getting on the aroma. Hmm. The flavor is interesting. The flavor, it definitely has this um, Bach-type flavor to it. Big. It's almost like it's decocted. Maybe it is decocted, where it has this more melanoidiny, um, crusty-type flavor to the malt. Greg's making faces and reading his computer. I'm not sure where he's going. Uh, 1.15 times 10 to the 24 electron volts. Uh, oh, so you've been doing <laughs> electron volt conversions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Did Google do that all through calculator? Oh, Wolfram Alpha. I went to oh, Wolfram Alpha, Alpha for that. For any sort of calculation, I go to Wolfram Alpha. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I had to. <laughs> But the, uh, do you get what I'm saying? Where you know sometimes wheat beers, especially darker wheat beers, are decocted, where they'll they'll boil some of the mash and they'll put it back in and whatnot. And this has a flavor that you get from a bock or a doppelbock or something. It's just something in the malt that gives you that little like white bread crust, like extra crusty type flavor. Yeah, yeah, maybe almost French bready, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's it's kind of a yeah dry bread sort of flavor. Instead, it's a sweetness, but it's not a cloying sweet. It's it's um, it's kind of this singed sweet, I guess, is the way to put it. I mean, that's why I'm drawing it now because. Oh, you know what? It's kind of like if you burn the top of a of a custard or something. You, you know, put mm -hmm. sugar on it, burn the sugar. That that aroma. Okay. So singed is right on that sense, and it, it's a uh, what's that called? Um. How come I can't remember this? It's a food thing. I should know this. You guys have seen me. You know yeah. I'm I'm big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you take a torch and you burn the creme brulee. But I don't know creme that, brulee. I don't Thank know. You. Oh, I don't know what the process is called. I thought you were asking about the process of no. torching it. I'm no. sure it's some French name. I just tried to think of the name of that, that dish. No. Uh, yeah, it's kind of so when they do a decoction mash, right? They have the mash. And they wanted to do a step mash, but they're in a wooden... Traditionally, they were in a wooden vessel. They couldn't apply direct heat to it. They would scoop out some of the mash, put it over the fire in their steel pot, boil it, and put it back in the mash, and it would raise the temperature of the mash. And that creates melanoidins, which gives you this more... This flavor that we're tasting now, and I wish I... I, I don't have a descriptor that I'm happy with. Like I said, um, a singed... Um, bready sweetness, you know, it, it, but when you take a sip of this, it tastes more like what you taste in a German Bach than any of the other beers. Do you get what I'm saying? Very that much Bach so. Flavor? Yeah. Very much so. It has, um, how oh. would you describe that decocted Bach flavor? Ooh, ooh, this is tough. Uh, so instead of the, the, the slightly grassy and, and, and really very phenolic uh, flavors, you're getting more of uh, you're getting more of a mouthfeel uh, that lends itself to darker, thicker beer. Mm -hmm. um, thicker is not the right word, but you know what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it actually almost, but not quite, 
almost tastes kind of towards the portery end of the specter spectrum in that you're getting a little bit of this of this interesting slightly roasty flavors mm-hmm. that are just kind of pulling themselves into a grassiness and sure. it's I would hesitate by saying porter right because that is such a strong connotation of roasty roasted barley things like that and I think that's a little too that's going to th- for people that don't know what we're tasting it's going to throw them a little too far out yeah okay then then try to imagine it this way. Instead of thinking about beer, think more about spirits and think a little bit more about rum. Because I think there's Ooh, a bit of a, uh-huh. of a rum here. Oh, I, 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 think you have a, I think you have something. Take a sip. That t- so now I'm, I'm trying to taste rum, and I take a sip, and all I taste is like banana spirits, like a banana banana liqueur or something like that. So I'm going to swirl in the yeast okay. here, so we can get back to the, what the beer is supposed to be yeah. instead of you know what the the without yeast is. So here you go, a little bit of yeast for you, a little bit of yeast for me. Extra swirl to make sure all that gunk's off the bottom. A little bit more, more gray, a little bit more yeast for Jeff. Uh, back to as this beer should look, and then oh, you can see the clouds slowly. Oh, it looks like a jellyfish floating yeah. in your beer, doesn't it? It's awesome. <laughs> there is like not really stratification, but it's kind of sticking together. It looks like a jellyfish is in great. Yeah, it's, it's congealing. Oh, I got it too. Yeah, hasn't quite reached the bottom yet. It's it's this. Mine looks like a butterfly. It's so pretty. That's weird. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> These fluids don't want to mix, and so you're getting, you know, the d- d- difference. But there's like the, this is the bottom of the beer, and I don't think it's just a shadow. I think there's yeah, there's like three. different No, lo- looking for mine. I mean, mine you can eat really see. Yeah, you, you can definitely see have three. It looks kind of. Um, I won't say what it looks like. <laughs> Well, it looks like you know, there's one part that's very cloudy, and then there, there's part that kind of has little tendrils that are reaching into the the bottom that is not nearly as cloudy. And it's just that the, the viscosity mm-hmm. of the beer is, is very different from the very bottom to the top. And there's there's a it, it, it's it's an oil and water situation in a sense. Mm-hmm. Water, I say that that way. So you, water. Very, very it's an oil important. and water situation where it, they're not mixing as well as you would expect them to. That's 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 funky. Anyway, the aroma after mixing it a lot of carbonic. I got a pretty deep head on here. I'm getting a lot of that acidic uh, tart aroma. Pretty much just carbon dioxide. I am uh, disappointed. Hmm. It. Added to the creaminess Did. of the beer, but it made it very creamy. <laughs> it brought out some vanilla, but yes. that's really about it. It's kind of this, it's more subdued now. It reminds me a lot of the um, the Thirsty Dog beer now. Yeah. Um, the first dog didn't have as much vanilla. Even they said they would, it didn't. This is more vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, and, and like I said, I, I think I'm detecting a, a rum or spice rum character here. Uh, I'm thinking of the Malibu, even like Malibu coconut rum or something like that. You know. Okay. Coconut. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's a touch of coconut in this. That might have been in many of the beers. I Again, coconut was not something I even considered for my vocabulary. But it kind of fits, actually. Yeah, it does. I don't know if you ever had the fresh coconut water, but... There's a little bit of that in here. Uh, yeah, I've had some coconut milk. Yeah. I think it brought that, not milk, but the coconut oh, water. Remember, I, I bought a big, an old one. And I chopped it up. Yeah, vaguely, I went. You know, I bought so I bought like a gallon of coconut milk at one time too. Half gallon, whatever it comes in. <laughs> hmm. Not bad, but yeah, it tastes a little. It's bland, definitely bland. There's not much to talk about. That last taste, though, that second to last taste, actually got a a big bubblegummy bit, big big bit of sweetness at the bottom. Okay, we're in a long show, so let's get our rankings on. 
got a lot of beers tonight, don't we? Mm. We do indeed. All right. I'm not ready for rankings yet. I need to go to our page where I type in the rankings. Well, we don't have as many beers as I was worried about because those three are from last time. This is the uh, this is the process that we go through now. All right. Do you want to go first? Sure, 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 sure. Let me just get my bearings on on what these guys tasted like. Uh, which one was which? Uh, you, 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 you. And you guys end up down there somewhere. The bottom three. Uh, you know the the top two beers are really close. I'm I'm kind of a toss up, but you know I'm not going to hesitate too long. Right. Uh, August Shell Hefeweizen. Numero uno, Hacker Shore of Ice, number two. They had really big fruity flavors with a nice balance to it. Very creamy. Dug both of them. Number three, I'm going to put the Widmer Brothers Hefeweizen. Out of style, if I was judging, you know, for homebrew, it would have been a, like, do not qualify, wrong category type thing. But I enjoyed it. A good beer. Bottom three, let's see. I haven't figured this out yet. Um, bottom three are harder, aren't they? They are harder, and well, it's like, do I want to waste a lot of time on figuring out which bottom three is really the bottom three? So the Iinger had some age problems. Yeah. The Erdinger was kind of boring, and the Whippet Wheat was kind of boring. Uh, uh, Iinger, Whippet, Erdinger. Iinger. Thirsty Dog. Thirsty Erdinger. Dog. Erdinger. Okay. You type, I speak. That works. Alright, uh, so my number one is uh, the Hacker Shore. Uh, that was the one that was, to me, I think the most sublime. The one that really just kind of hit all the right notes and it, it bursted with flavor. It was just it was just delicious. This hacker sure was was fantastic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, my number two is this shell. I think that it might compete with the hacker shore had it been fresh. Right. Uh it, and you know, it it was hurt by not being fresh. Um I don't know what these numbers mean, but uh Nine twenty one eleven September eleventh September twenty first I don't know. Typically, they're uh, like uh, week of the year or something. I don't know. They're we don't know. Anyway. It's hard to say. But but based on their website, they don't produce this now, and so that, and then that's been around for nine ten months. Uh, next, yeah, the Widmer Brothers um, was. Not a hefe. That's a qualifier. It it was an American wheat, labeled as a hefe, mm-hmm. but it's an American wheat. But it's very good, and on that level alone, it deserves to be ranked pretty high. You know, I mentioned for the Hacker Shore, you know, very good value, right? I'm sure the uh, I bet the Widmer Hefeweizen is another very good value at that at the flavor. You know, it's probably another low thirties. Dollar, you know, case type things. So. Possibly. Uh, this was. Um, this is October thirteenth, eleventh. So this is sitting around pretty well. Yeah, definitely. So there you go. It's probably even hoppier. Yeah. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, okay, so my last three. That we're down to those three. Oh boy, 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 boy. Um, I am going to, yeah, I'm going to put the Iinger, I, I, you know what, I'm going to change my mind. Whip it. Whip it's number four. It wasn't everything I wanted out of a Hefe, but there there were really not many bad things about it. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, you know, it, it didn't have the, the qualities that I wanted. And Iinger had the problems that were, were more problematic. And the, and the fact that it was older hurt it. Um, and and that matters to me when we're ranking. Uh, and so I, I think the Iinger has to go below the Whippet because a beer without problems is better than a beer with problems. 
And finally, the Erdinger. Uh, just, it, it was, they say on the back here, this is the world's number one Hefe. And uh, the world is not picking the right Hefe if this is the world's <laughs> number one Hefe. Because, frankly, this was just ordinary and, and kind of bland. Yeah, I was kind of thinking I'd probably be happy with if I brewed it myself and had to drink it. But, uh, yeah, when you're drinking it in a Hefeweizen show, it doesn't quite stand no. out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this long six-beer, one-hour, and five-minute episode of Craft Beer Radio. And tune in soon, probably next week, for another probably. mediocre show. <laughs> I don't know, Daddy. Can you make a better show? Oh, easy. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear